everybody. Hey, Julie. How are you? We're having uh, we're now that this is like our fifth attempt at recording the podcast this evening. Just slight technical <laughs> issues. It's all right. It's all good. It's 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 quality. It's quality. It's quality. It's about the content, okay? Not the delivery all the time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely easier podcasting when we were neighbors, and uh, we had yes. our IT guy on site. Yeah, Freddie was ready to go with any problem. But yeah, we were right there. So it didn't we didn't have any um over multiple states and going to space and <laughs> makes it harder. <laughs> yes. yes, we'll oh. figure it out. Um I feel like we're using good stuff, but I don't know. Who knows? Nothing's perfect. Well, you're using good stuff. It's pretty it's pretty wonky over here, I gotta be honest. <laughs> I like to believe that we we are in good shape, but you know, yeah. <laughs> even Freddie gets things wrong sometimes. <laughs> oh, I won't tell him that. Um, you know, speaking of laughter, not that we were talking about it, but because we're laughing, I um, I don't know if you've caught yet on on Netflix Jim Gaffigan's new special. I don't think we have. No. So it's called Comedy Monster. Right. And I highly yep. recommend it. Okay, we will have to catch that. It was surprisingly, I laughed throughout the whole entire show. I think it was like an hour. Um, he's just, I don't know. He, I mean, he's definitely. Funny. He un- has a very funny delivery. He does. And I think he just, he just nailed so many. I mean, it was all new material from what I can recall. Cause I've watched a lot of his stuff in the past. It was a start. We were just at certain points. We were laughing so hard. I mean, we had to pause, you know, like, and you get the, te- it's like the old people thing. Like you get tears in your eyes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Wet my pants. The whole thing. Of yeah. Course. Yes. Well, yes. Thankfully <laughs> that doesn't happen to me anymore. Thankfully. Um, <clears throat> one year anniversary of my surgery. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but, it, but if I hadn't gotten the surgery, yes. <laughs> my pants. But he makes really a couple. I'll wait for you to see it, and if you do soon, tell me. Like, bring it back oh, up. Oh, we will. Because... We'll have to watch it. Yeah, we've been into stand up. Com- we've been watching a lot of stand up comedy because, oh my god, sometimes you just gotta laugh. Yes. And uh, last night we watched Mo Ammer, um, who's so funny, and uh, so we'll have to look for this one. He's on Netflix too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll look. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, I feel like more and more are coming out again. I'm like, yay. Yeah. I need I need something like we went to see Pat Oswalt for his first night um, for the kickoff of his new tour, which I'm assuming is going to turn into a special at some point. Um, and that was back in September. That was like one of our first outings in a long time. And we we took right. kids and had a mask up and Joe Vax cards and all that great stuff. But it was like, what a relief. Like it was so great to be out and laughing and having this shared like we're all wearing masks and we're all having a shared experience as he talked about the pandemic <laughs> just like yeah we're still in it and we're all just laughing you can be like this is so dangerous thank goodness for the masks right but um uh, yeah but we actually great. were yeah we were offered free tickets to see trevor noah last friday night a friend had bought it for her daughter and then wound up they couldn't go so she was going to give it to us and i just said no because it just seemed like such a like huge effort to like go into the city and then, right, like, I was like, how does this work? Like, what is the protocol? Is it safe? Is it? And I saw a picture that he had posted on his social media of the crowd that night. And it was packed. I mean, it was, you know, there was definitely no distancing. It was all, which is fine. But I just, I, I needed more time to prepare. They offered us the tickets, you know, like that mm. afternoon. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, I just can't, I can't. Yeah. Um, so how was it? It was because I haven't done that yet. I haven't really been in a crowd. It was so it I mean, I, so weird. It felt good that to the best you can trust that at the time, everybody was most likely double vaxxed. You had to be double. I think you had to be double vaxxed or negative test and everyone had to wear a mask. So you felt like it was a pretty good protection at least you know obviously there's always could have been breakthroughs at that point as we know but yeah. um but I think at that point I didn't I don't think it was like Omicron hadn't come out yet 
we were in the middle of, or maybe the end of Delta or the beginning of Delta. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have felt more like if it would have been like towards the end of summer, September, I was feeling pretty yes. confident. That's about when we went. Yeah. That's when oh, we okay. went. Yes. I thought you went like recently no. because I just couldn't, I was like, mm, no, I wouldn't I don't know. No, no, no. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, it's funny because we were, we were up in Vermont. We went to our, one of our favorite bars and, um, and we went in a, at a time where we thought it was early afternoon, like after the skiers might've taken a break because it's right near the mountain. And, but before the rush, when the mountain closes at like four o'clock. So we went around two thinking, okay, we should be okay. It should be light inside. It was wall to wall. I felt yeah. COVID all over me and I, we ran out of there. We were just like, no, and nobody was wearing a mask. Um, and yeah. we asked about it because the place had closed down prior to that because everyone, you know, some of the staff had gotten COVID and they just said it was so, it's just so hard to police. They don't have enough people. Everybody's sick. <laughs> and so it's like, what do you do? And I feel really bad about businesses and, you know, people oh, sort yeah. of struggling. Like, what do you do? You have to, you need to make the money. Um, people clearly are still coming, but we were just like, nope, that was so uncomfortable to me. So we just, we just went home and yeah, beers went in the hot tub. That was fun too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we were kind of in the same the other night. We just, uh, I guess it was maybe Saturday night. I don't know. But I just need, I was like, I cannot spend another minute in this house because mm. I work from home. Like I, you know, yep. it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I haven't left the house in seven days, Yeah, you yeah. know, because yeah. I'm just busy with work and busy, you know, and before you know same. it. Yep. Same. And I was like, I, I was like, we have to go somewhere. So we just went out um, to a, a restaurant where we know the bartender. We sat at the bar and ate dinner and had some drinks and it was just delightful <laughs> was, mm -hmm. I was like I just need to get out of this house yeah I'm feeling that way too like Keith does a lot more than I do like he'll he'll you know the kids are driving themselves back and forth but he has to be in the car still and so he does that with them to school every day and then he'll go run an errand or two or he'll go walk the dog with me or without me sometimes and I'm like you get out way more than I ever do and right he realized the other day because I was kind of going stir crazy crazy because I've been inside the house <laughs> since new year's um so i was like you know besides like a doctor appointment or two and i'm like uh i need to get out just to see other people and yeah you know and so we, we we did you know we did go to vermont and like that was our attempt and it didn't work and i was like oh well i, I guess another <laughs> time you know um we'll see people but i i feel like i'm not ready yet either i think in a couple more weeks i'll feel a little bit better yeah that's how i feel i just feel like give it a couple more weeks and uh and spring like it's i I cannot wait for warm weather. I cannot wait. I've started all my seedlings I'm starting and which is always, you know, always too early and too many. And every year I'm like, don't do this again. And every year, of course, I just do it. But I'm like so anxious for mm. warmth and sunshine mm. that I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about moving more east was like this the seasons are, you know, slightly like it's, I have to wait. I mean, it would be silly for me to start now on seeds because they, I'd have to wait until like May or like late May to do anything. Right. With them. And that's really, I wanted to do seed. I've always wanted to do like seedlings and like start from the carton. Yeah. Yeah. My only saving grace, cause it's definitely still too early here for a lot of things. Some things that are just super slow growing. It's good. But I have the greenhouse, yes. so I can start them inside. And then when they start, like by by the end of March, I can move things out into the greenhouse, mm. and then just open up the side walls in this during the day if it gets too hot. But at night, it keeps things from getting frost on them. Yeah. So they, you know, I have a little more room out there where things can kind of have a. It's like a plant nursery. Yeah. No, I. And, and I it, you know. So that has been a really neat um, thing. If anyone is a gardener and is ever thinking about doing a little greenhouse, do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's and fantastic. I, and I would suggest, I mean, you know, we could always try to see if we can get a photo and put it on the on our podcast website. But like the um, the one you have versus the one I tried to make, yours is probably a thousand times better, number one, because it's a real structure. Mine was, you know, Keith had made me custom beds, uh, raised beds. Uh -huh. And we, we bought this like, I don't know, um, somewhat plastic metal thing that you can put in on top and it has okay. a, a green, literally green cover that has zippers inside latches that you can roll up. So we put it on thinking, all right, I'm going to do this. This is back in the late fall. 
thinking I'm going to, I'm going to create a little greenhouse effect inside here and see what I can grow. And then we put it on and a couple of days later it blew off. And even though it was like tied down and not the, not the stakes, but the, the actual cover. (laughs) So we were like, (laughs) wait, it was tied. How did it like unwind itself and blow up But the wind? It's so windy here. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just blew off. So we were like, all right, we'll try again and we'll reinforce it. And he added some things to try to keep it down a couple days later, windy again, really blew off. Yeah. So we've now just given, and then I think the third time we put it back cause I just didn't want to give up. Um, and I never put anything in it. Thank goodness. Cause it would have just killed it. Um, cause it just got too cold, but, uh, if the whole thing blew off the third time, even though again, we reinforced it. So I was like, I need a real structure, I think, you know? Um, so, but. Like I've seen that on Pinterest or, you know, whatever, where it's like a structure over your raised bed, which I always thought was like, great, but maybe it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So mine's like an actual, you know, it's a structure (laughs) with a door and it's, I mean, we used it with, for everything that we built it out of was free stuff that we had lying around our junkyard of a yard, Um, except for the plastic. We did have to buy the plastic. But mm. I think you also need a little, I'm not sure. I think those like over the bed um, greenhouses are good for certain things like, you know, keeping frost off when you have like a late frost or when you put things out, you didn't have, you know, you just need to protect it a little. Yeah. But the size of my greenhouse and it's not very big, it's maybe like a 10 by 10, like it's not so big, but it has stone at the bottom. Mm. And I think that those, those rocks, they're like slate walkway at the bottom. I think they really retain heat from the sun Mm. and keep it, they keep the temperature and they're elevated overnight. So it really does extend the season, Mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. You know, last winter, I really had things growing in there all winter. Um, and not when I say growing, they weren't necessarily growing. They were just like preserved, like all the lettuce and the spinach and some root vegetables. It's like, they weren't growing necessarily. It was basically just like a refrigerator for living things, you know, like it kept them alive yeah, and fresh. It was kind of neat. So I can't wait to play with it again. I didn't do much with it this summer because, because work, <laughs> work was killing me I really want to quit my job (laughs) um yeah I know that feeling no word no word so um yeah on the job that I applied for that I desperately want that nine it went up to 900 so 900 other people applied um for this job so I mean the chances are (laughs) pretty slim um, and I haven't heard back, although the woman who owns this company, her, they had a health issue in the family because I'm also friends with her on Facebook. So I, you know, see her. Um, yeah. So they, they had a pretty significant like health situation to take care of. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure now we're even pushed back even further because I'm sure this week she is not going to be thinking about this. <laughs> 900 applicants. No. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure it's going to be a while, but uh, even so, I, you know, nonprofits are tricky. Like as much as I love working with nonprofits and I think, you know, so much about working for a nonprofit is good and satisfying, but board members are, I think that they're very well-meaning, but I think that they look at stressed out employees who are overworked and are doing like five full-time jobs in their one full-time job. Yeah. And instead of saying like, what is the environment that we're creating here? What is the workload? What could we, what could we do? They kind of make it seem like the employee isn't delegating enough, like that, you know, you should utilize volunteers. (laughs) And it's like, well, first of all, we're in a pandemic. So it's not like I have like an office that I can have volunteers in. Yeah. Um, second of all, there are no volunteers. People don't volunteer anymore. Like, mm. you know, these nonprofits have this idea that like, we're going to have, you know, so much of our work done by volunteers. Who's volunteering? Yeah. During the day. 
Right. Like nobody is volunteering in this way anymore. If you were having a cleanup on a Saturday morning, sure. I'm sure you could get some volunteers. Yeah. But I'm not going to get volunteers who want to like come do data entry for me. Like no, no one's volunteering to do this stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, to create a program where volunteers are doing work and then managing volunteers is so much more work. Like delegating is so much more work in the beginning that when you are holding down five jobs, you know, like within your organization, when you're wearing so many hats already, it Mm -hmm. really is easier to just do it yourself because it takes so much more effort initially to create a program that volunteers can be part of. Yes. Agreed. And volunteers are not going to be holding to the position no. the way a paid salaried employee would. So, right. um, so you're still always back up. Like your yeah. o- things are always going to fall to you right. anyway. Right. They don't show up. It's on you. You got to get it done. Yeah. So it's like, I, I just laugh because that's, you know, board members. I don't complain about what I'm doing. I'm like, great. Just let me do it. They mm-hmm. have decided that it's too much, which is true and nice. Thank you for noticing. But their, you know, their solution is like, I should delegate. And I'm like, well, <laughs> right. it just right. doesn't really work. And, it, I, and I think the other conundrum, you know, funny enough, you know, having been on, on a board for a long time for um, the same organization that you work for, a different chapter, but yeah. um, we, we struggled with those issues of looking at the staff and the volunteers and granted it wasn't during a pandemic it was a long time ago, but um, I found that um, first and foremost, the board in and of itself, while well-meaning people didn't have any experience being on a board um, yeah. and, and neither did I the first time I was on it. The first year was like, what? Um, if we could just meet and talk about, you know, what was going on, it was progress um, in some semblance of order. Right. Um, and then eventually over time, we would have strategic planning offsites. We actually and, and, and the staff was well involved. It, it became a very well-oiled machine eventually. And yeah. we really were, you know, thoughtful about the people we um, would ask to join the board and, and kind of level of commitment. And everybody had to play a role. It wasn't just you show up at the meeting, the board meeting. You had to participate and volunteer and, um, you know, do more than just – we didn't ask for money, as some boards do, right, to just sit on the board. But um, but we toyed with those kinds of ideas. But But at the heart of it – I think we tried, even though we weren't successful all the time, I think we always tried to take into account exactly the issue you're talking about is the workload of the of, of the employees, because ultimately, if they had too much on their plate and couldn't, de- couldn't deliver the programs that we said we would do, and certainly a lot of it was grant-related money that we were getting, then maybe we're overextending ourselves. And if we can't afford to hire somebody new, then we need to stop doing yeah. it. But the flip side is, particularly in the area that you're in, in the mental health space, you know that these services are so needed. And so, so needed. you're always caught in this, well, we got to do it because we need to serve this patient population or these people that need these services or whatever. And it's like, you know, and to your point, it's hard to find people, whether it's volunteers or employees. And so I, I it's, it's, it's constantly a struggle. And I think the struggles are haven't made, have been, certainly haven't been made easier by the pandemic of late, but I don't think this yeah. issue ever really goes away. And I, it's, a, it's a tough thing to manage, but that's what the board is supposed to help the staff do, right? Figure this stuff out and not just say yeah. delegate. <laughs> no, they just say delegate and they, um, you know, and then that's the other thing to your point, like we get grant money to run these programs and running those programs is a full-time job, right? The programs yeah. that I run, I could just really focus on them and running them and executing them. That would be a full-time job and it would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I do, you know, there's other areas, the helpline membership, that kind of stuff, which also falls under me. And I kind of like, like it it feels like it's for the good of the organization. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then there's other things like wanting to do a gala that is a tremendous amount of time and mm-hmm. resources. It really isn't driving our mission, right? It's not mission related. It's fun related, right? It's they want to have a gala or a, yeah. you know, an it's event, whatever money. the event is to generate yeah. money. 
that we don't necessarily, I'm not going to say that we don't need that money. Of course we need that money and that money would be put towards programming. But if you look at our budget, the grant money that we have really covers all the necessities. And I'm like, wouldn't it make more sense to really do our programming really well? And like, let's get that as a well-oiled machine, let everyone concentrate on the programs they run, and then maybe reevaluate in a few years when we do have a little more bandwidth to think of the next step. But right now, it just feels like we're running from event to event, and the things that I'm supposed to be doing, like the programs, I kind of just have to stick in where I have time. It just kind of feels flipped, you know? Yeah. So, and it's frustrating. And again, everyone has really good intentions. No one, everyone is trying to do what they think is best. But from the perspective of someone who's running programs, what I think is best is different from a board member who kind of just wants to have a gala or, you know, like they kind of see the, like they, they want the pomp and circumstance and they want to invite their kids to something. And Again, I totally get that. If I, you know, I've been on boards, I get that piece. It just isn't always practical. No. And it's funny. Um, I'm just, uh, I just looked it up in the old um, uh, organization that I was involved with. It's still the same. So I used to run the gala <laughs> <laughs> um, as a board member, um, but I, but I ran it meaning from, you know, and, and we really tried to take it off of the. That would be fantastic. Yes. If our board was able to do that, to take it off, I would be like, great. Let me know if there's anything I can do in the office to support you. Yeah. But if they ran it, that would be fine. We just don't have a board that is in a position to do that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's still the same name from what what I came up with, with the board at the time, (laughs) 20 years (laughs) ago. I'm like, wow, there's my my legacy. No one's going to give me credit, but that's my legacy. Yeah. But, but I agree with you. And, and, you know, we had changed the board a lot back then and, and got all different types of people so that we could utilize skill sets that could help us run an event like that. Marketing people, communications people, fundraising people, like, so that the, the staff could attend. I mean, that was, it was as much as a fundraising event as it was also, we tried to turn it into a little bit of a thank you to the yeah. staff and to all of our volunteers. I mean, they all can go for free. I mean, we had certain you know, and we, we encouraged them to bring someone, you know, it was like, this was a a, a stop and a moment in time to not only raise as much as we could, but to thank everybody for all the work that they had been doing. So we didn't want the, I mean, they might've helped with mailings and a few things here and there in the office. And and I think our, the, the director, she would um, speak at the event, but we tried to keep them out of it as much as possible. That's good. Yeah. That we really need a board that's better qualified to pull things off like our board is really heavy on very well-meaning very caring um people who have a personal connection to our cause yeah and that's you know their voice needs to be heard it's an important voice it keeps us on track advocacy wise yes you know because they really care about issues like there's so many so much that's good about that but they also like we don't have an attorney on the board. We don't have a doctor on the board. We don't have a PR person on the board. People who could really do more tangible things for us. And the problem is when we do have someone like that, like I have a friend who is an attorney and was looking for a board position. Mm. And she was like, I'd love to come be on your board. And I was like, okay, let me tell you about our board. Because <laughs> Right. I'm, yeah. Because I was like, listen, if you want to come, that's fine. But please don't, I am not telling you to come because people mm-hmm. who are professional don't like our board meetings run an hour and a half. And it's a lot of t- unnecessary talk. And not that that's a bad thing, but an attorney who wants to be on a board does not want to come listen to that. So it's like, you can't really get professional people to come to our board because we're too heavy in family, you know, families. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, it's difficult. And I think I'm just like, yeah. I'm just like, can't, can I just not do this anymore? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's really hard. I wonder like how people struggle 
you know, so I really do want to make a move, however that looks. And I don't necessarily know what the next step is, right? Like I don't, I, mm-hmm. I, at the moment, I don't have something I would be stepping into. I would really be taking a leap into, I'd like to maybe develop something of my own or find something. I'd really like to take some time and just figure out where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? Like, so financially on paper, we could do that. I could say, listen, I'm going to take six months off and figure out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. We could do that. I could take a year, but there's so much guilt in that when you have a partner who wouldn't be doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. And also doesn't have the option. Like I have the option to do that. And my husband does not have the option to do that. Like if he could not take off a year, yeah. you know, at this point in our life, we just have too many financial commitments for him to do that. And so it's a tremendous amount of guilt to actually do it. Like, are you being selfish or are you being smart? Because, you know, what you're doing is killing you. Yeah. Well, I I mean, but that factors into, you know, your quality of life and the relationships you have with him, with your husband and your family overall. And I think, I mean, I can only speak from, you know, the flip side, right? Like, you know, my husband has worked on and off the last 18 years of my kids being born and and we made conscious choices for a variety of reasons at different points where he would go to work for a couple of years and then stay home for a couple of years, you know, and so right. his, you know, resume's got quote unquote gaps, you know, if you will, but not really. I mean, the sense that, you know, if you value someone who took time off to take care of his kids, I mean, I, I would, you know, I think it's pretty, it's not often. I mean, it's more, more common now than it was when the kids were younger, but, you know, he's done consulting. He's done a lot of other work, but, you know, we, there's also just, we decided, what was best for our family at the time. And and it's not that he wouldn't ever go back to work and he was working before the pandemic and then he lost his job, but we don't talk about it um, yeah. because he was part-time. So yes, it was lots of people lost their job. We don't say anything about it because he did too, but it was part-time and, you know, we had been talking about him going full-time and then it just didn't materialize and then we moved. Um And, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've only asked him a few times about like, how do you feel about, you know, taking the time. And he's also, he's been, he's changed careers and all of this. And he's found his true interest and passion of the things that he really likes to do. Um, But we also just look at it like we're happier. Yeah. Because we're not both going in opposite directions. I mean, we are in different ways now, but, but we, you know, I mean, I think since when he's been, when he's not been working full time, even when he's done his consulting work and he's got, had a couple of clients here and there it never took up 40 hours like it does for me. And so he's, we, we, I don't know, it just works. Um, but you've got to find that. And I think, right. If you're not fully happy and you're getting burnt out, then how is that impacting the rest of your relationships? And, you know, and if you can do it even for just, right, maybe so maybe it's not a year, maybe you do give yourself, maybe you just need that three to six month break, figure things out. You, but you, you know, you're not going to be idle in those three to six months. No. Right. You know what I mean? You'll be doing something. And, and, and if it doesn't generate a ton of money, that's okay. But you still be doing something because that's what you, you like to do. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, the plan would certainly not be to do nothing, you know, but it would be to do something. Um, but just figuring out where that is. And it's a scary, you know, it's like a scary jump. You're kind of like, Ooh. yeah, you know, like I was out the other day doing errands and like, you know, doing the shopping for the week, da da da. And I was like, Oh, I'd have to put so much more thought into this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at with uh, work-wise. It kind of sucks. You know, it sucks to be in a place where you want to make a decision like that. You know? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah and I think I think it's it's a lot. I mean, I, mean, I feel like I keep reading about it on LinkedIn and other places. Like, it's not a um, – lots of people are going through – decisions like that for a variety of reasons at different life stages. So I don't, you yeah. know, I, yeah, I just, I just come back to just again, what, like what, what would work for you ultimately in your hat? I mean, it's important. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have been in jobs where, you know, I'm like, what am I doing here? And like, I believe that some of my jobs have gotten me really sick. Um, yeah. and I've, I've, I've had to, um, and yeah. I did that once. And I think, it's like how many more signals and signs do we need? Why do we run ourselves to the ground, get ourselves sick to the point where, right, we are so burned out and we're angry and then we, we quit. 
and right. we're not happy. We're just angry. And then, then to your point with the guilt sets in and that doesn't help either, but it's like, no, why can't we walk away feeling at peace with the decision? Cause it was right for us, you know, for you at the time, yeah. you know, um, and give yourself, I love the word grace, give yourself some grace. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And do it. Yeah. I like your point. Like do it before I blow it up. Cause I could see that too. Like <laughs> I'm definitely like at the point where there's, there's some resentments that I try to like keep in check and, you know, figure out like, well, we, I had a part in this too. It didn't happen in a vacuum. Right. Blah, blah, blah. But I could see like in particular saying something and being like, Oh yeah. Like, yep. Mic drop out. And I'm like, that would really be a shame. Like, I don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. So, right. Like figuring out, you know, the other option would be to kind of redefine my job, which I'm thinking like, okay, so what if, what if I go in and look at my job description, which technically the big project that I would be coming up working on is not in my job description. It's just kind of something that fell to me and I took over and I've been doing the last three years. Mm. And so maybe I need to say like, listen, this isn't really in my job description and also isn't something that I is fulfilling for me or that I have time to really do in a way that I think is best. So maybe it does need to either be something that we discontinue doing or walls to a committee to do um and kind of redefining that and even if it meant like you know I'll cut back on my hours so they can hire someone part-time to help them during that time yeah I'm like maybe that would be even if it meant you know even if it meant less hours for me maybe it would be worth it at least I would still be working at least I'd still you know have that continuity of the same job and that's good and I don't know. So I, yeah, it's, it's I like it. I mean, I think at the very least you're setting more, you know, you're setting boundaries and, um, and especially in a nonprofit, you know, it's, it's sorely probably needed, but, but it's not right. Why do you have to solve everything? If like they can't figure out how to get that project done, then again, they have to make a decision to figure out maybe we shouldn't be doing it because what, what would they, I mean, if, if you came to me with that, I would be like, well, I don't want to lose you. So if that's what it takes, then I keep you if we had to modify your role and, you know, I, I would, we'd figure something out. I mean, that's just right. Reality. Yeah. So I think that's the next, um, I think I'm going to wait and see if this other, like, I don't want to rock the boat and then leave anyway. Right. Yeah. Because then that's <laughs> like, why do that? So yeah. I'm going to see if this other job happy. If I'm the lucky of the 900. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, if not, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe that'll be my next step as opposed to leaving altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a cutback of hours would be good. Like maybe if I worked three days a week and then had more time to focus on other stuff, maybe yeah. that would. So, yeah, I don't know. Working is, uh, you know, working is always a challenge. <laughs> I just, I just got my uh, social security statement. Uh-huh. And it was like, I don't want to wait till I'm 67. Yeah. <laughs> Can I collect that now? I put the time in. I earned <laughs> all my credits. Um, you know, I'd love to slide. I mean, that's the problem. Like, you know, this, that kind of help doesn't come. I mean, I, I you know, hopefully I won't really have to rely on much of it, but like if I wanted to, and I, I, I don't know, it makes me mad that I have to wait till like I'm 67 or 70 to, to access like what I have put into the system when I'm like, Oh yeah. It's infuriating. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about that too, because there's no way we want to wait that long. Like, you know, Norman would definitely like to retire before that time, you know, like 60, 62 is like, you know, more what we're thinking. Yeah. So yeah. Same. I mean, I've definitely been trying to pay attention to my peers in my industry when they start leaving their jobs and what age they are and like what are they doing and it's like where do we go what's the graveyard for me? <laughs> um you know where where do we go out to pasture or somewhere and so um yeah I, I mean and I think it's different for everybody frankly but I think I, I don't yeah. know I'm just sort of like calculating some like I'm you know unofficial data to figure yeah. it out and be like when's the right time to be like I'm done climbing the ladder yep when can I, when can we just buy some old bed and breakfast and Norm can do maintenance and I can bake cinnamon rolls every morning? 
Yeah. Like, can that, can we have that happen soon? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, it's funny. Keith and I, we, we fantasize a lot about things like that. Like, let's just take the money when we sell our house and just go put it into a business of some kind where like, it's just there. Like I I make enough, like I get, um, I have a friend in Vermont who works for someone who, who she, she keeps her business open only a couple of days a week because it's enough. She makes enough and well enough, like where she can take, she can close the other days, but also take vacations, pay all her bills, pay her employees. And I'm like, that's it. Like, she figured it out, you know, and she's, she's like my age, you know, not, not really, she's just, you know, um, but, but it works. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is for me that I would love to do like that, but that's pretty cool. Sounds pretty good to me. She seems pretty happy <laughs> to figure yeah. It out. Yeah. And, and what do you really need? Like, I look at that and like what we're carrying and where we live, we live in a very expensive area and I love our house and I'm, you know, kind of attached to being a New Yorker, but right. We could pro- like, we could lower what we're doing, you know, we could move someplace cheaper, we could, we probably wouldn't need as much mm-hmm. if we were just happier overall. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm definitely the, the great purge and, and then like letting go. And although I did just look up, Keith and I were just investigating storage facilities in Vermont, but that's a different issue. <laughs> Certain things I'm not going to get rid of. Um, we just don't have the storage in, in our other house. And so. Isn't it amazing though? Like, so for you, I understand you're going to be doing a, te- a move to like a temporary situation. So of course you want to hold on to things because you anticipate using them in a couple of years. Yeah. Totally makes sense why you would be getting a storage unit. But don't you think that we as a nation just have too many storage units? I'm like, who yes. they have built since you've left there's probably been four more storage units that have been built in the last year. Wow. What, what is this stuff? It's not all people who are like moving. It's Mm. people who are just hoarding like, (laughs) and storage units are not cheap. No, no. And it's funny. A couple um, hundred dollars a month to like store that headboard that you're never going to use. Well, so, and it's funny you put it that way because you is exactly right. Even though we're going to move and we're going to put some things in storage, that list has shrunk because I realized exactly that. Like at the end of the day, if it takes me another two years to put it in another home, I, I don't know if I want it then. And, right. and so maybe we're better off just trying to sell this stuff. Like I've decided, like I thought I was taking my brand new, lovely, I, I did a lot of research on it, treadmill. Well, it right. turns out with my foot issue, I really haven't been able to use that treadmill. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And my husband is like, we're not loading that up and good taking it. It's heavy, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's portable. You can, you can fold it up. It's really got a great features. We're not taking it. So, yeah. and in my mind originally it was like, no way I spent all this money. It's a great machine. Of course I want it with me. And then I'm like, no, I don't. You know, like, so I've come to this, like, we are going to get rid of most of the stuff that we bought you know, not get rid of, try to sell, right. You know, most of the stuff that we bought. And again, a few key, frankly, like a couple of key pieces from the New York home that I still keep, you know, that I want. And then there's a few new pieces, but like my desk right now that I'm using for work, I've beat the crap out of it. Yeah. I don't know. Why would I put it? It's literally, it's so bad at the, between the water stains, (laughs) it's, I, I, it's gotten its money worth, you know what I mean? I got my money's worth for it. So like, I'm not going to put this in storage. It doesn't, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, I could just buy something new again. And that's not what I'm saying. I, I think I'll find something else or I'll just not have this, like what I'm using today. Like we'll evolve. We need to. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So. I think, yeah, I think a lot of this stuff that's in storage. I mean, I just cannot imagine what is in these storage units. Like how we I, just the sheer volume of storage units tells me that like people need to purge. Yeah, people, and you know I'm not a purger. Like I do not agree with that Marie Kondo woman at all. I do not like that. I try doing bring, it everything time. brings you joy. Everything, oh, everything brings me joy. You know why? Because I did that goddamn program, right? And I was like, it was the middle of winter, and I was like, does this spark joy? So you know what I got rid of? I got rid of like all of my gardening clothes that are like decrepit and holy and full of like mud. Because they don't spark joy. They're awful. Right. But I need them when I'm in the garden. So when spring came, I was like, well, now I have to go buy new clothes to 
wear in the garden because my old clothes that were perfectly fine for wearing in the garden didn't spark joy. Of course they didn't spark joy. They were like holy old jeans. Yeah. Yeah. But I needed them. So I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that whole, I'm like, no, like that doesn't work for me. I also think that there's a fundamental flaw in her approach, frankly. I, I, and I, we did a little bit of it too and all her folding methods, which, you know, were interesting for like a week and then we couldn't keep it up because we forgot how to do it. But um, I, yeah, I find like, do I even know what the feeling of joy truly is? Like, like I'm serious. Like I, I, I struggled with, I don't know. I, I know I've, I know I've experienced joy. But I guess like each thing that I've touched to figure out if I've experienced joy with a specific item, I'm like, I can't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so, like, right. And, I... and the time that I would, I mean, our house is so packed, right? Like it's just because our it's a generational house, right? Like we bought my house from my parents. So there's stuff in my house that my parents moved in in 1969. Like it's just, it's a ridiculous situation. I don't have the time to go through and touch every item in this house. That does not spark joy. That sparks loss of time that I will never get back. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to leave all this shit to my kids. That's my plan. It's all just going to stay here until they have to deal with it. Well, and then they're just going to burn it up, you know, um, because I, I, we, when we did our will, we were like, we, you can create a special sheet of like specific items you want to pass along if, you know, um, cause the will doesn't have that, you know, it doesn't need to be like your wedding ring, you know, like I could have written down in this special piece of paper that basically said, you know, I'm going to give my engagement ring to this kid and, and the other ring to my other kid or whatever, you know? And so right. we talked about it with the boys and this is the difference between having boys versus girls. There was zero interest in my ring. <laughs> in anything yeah they would and subsequently anything else <laughs> so yeah it's like you know no this will matter if you need money so be thoughtful now and they were just like we'll figure it out mom we'll split it up don't worry and i'm thinking no i i mean all the stuff that i've saved from my childhood it's gonna go in the garbage when i die right hundred percent hundred percent and it's definitely because my mother so my mother did that i was at her house she was like I'm going to get rid of all of this stuff so you don't have to deal with it. And I was mm. like, you know what? I don't know that I necessarily want you to do that because if, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, one day I have to come to your house when you're no longer with us. If I walk in and it's like empty and not full of you and your personality, I don't think that that's going to be comforting. Yeah. Like, I think I would rather have to deal with all of your shit and memories. Like, I think that that's going to be part of the healing process is like yeah having all of you around yeah so you know I don't know that getting rid of this minimalist thing and like you know walking into your house you know I have friends whose houses are gorgeous they look like pottery barn catalogs but you can't identify a single thing about them personally in that house yeah because it's just there's no character yeah. So yeah, I, I think I I'd rather, um, I told her to stop. I was like, stop. She was like, I'm cleaning out. I was like, well, cut it out. Don't do it. Do something else. <laughs> Get rid of the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, don't, you know, I was like, don't do it. I think I would rather, you know, she was going through like the attic and, you know, she found all kinds of old stuff, which if she wants to go through it, great, go through it, but don't get rid of it because I don't know. I, I just think it, it would be sad if someone passes and they have like their house is pretty much minimalist it's kind of like they were never there yeah well and it's interesting because for for me my mom you know because we move so much we we, you know I had two bins of my life right and then my mom had you know a few boxes of her stuff and Along the way, definitely got less and less. And I, I mean, I still have the two bins. I, I recently purged some stuff from I, like some letters and things from high school. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I didn't get rid of this. Nobody cares. <laughs> so I, I read them for my enjoyment, enjoyment and I got rid of them. But um, yeah. but I I have a lot of stuff. Like, I don't think my kids care about my first Duran Duran concert ticket or the, like, the program <laughs> I bought. But oh, but I, I do. Yeah, I yeah. kept it. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> somebody will care. Um, but like my mom, you know, because she moves so many times, that stuff is so minimal, but I agree, like, but, but I, you know, she knows that like, I will take all the albums cause you can't take the pictures out anymore. Cause they will all just disintegrate or rip right. off yep. the plastic, whatever, you know? So I, I want all of those, 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I probably will take some mementos and things of hers, but, but by and large, I mean, I already did some of that. You know, I took some of the, um, family heirlooms as I call them, but they're not, you know, like her old measuring cup that I used to eat, you know, a, a soft boiled egg out of <laughs> right. when I was a kid. So, oh, I remember you know. that. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. You have that here. <laughs> yep. Still have it, still eating egg out of it, but you know, and using it for other stuff. But, um, but yeah, but like, you know, so I did some of that because along the way I realized, oh, as she keeps moving, this stuff's going to disappear. Um, and like, you know, I have an old ashtray from my father who never smoked, but he just had one, you know, <laughs> so like, I mean, we grew up. I mean, my parents, my father smoked, but every every house had ashtrays. That yeah. was you had to have an ashtray. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> it's stuff like that that you just like. Yeah, you're right. And it's like I think with every generation, I don't think I have as much stuff as my mother did originally, and then you know, obviously it's whittled down as she's gotten, like I said, moved around and moved old and got older. But but I agree that she had a house all this time. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Like my sister in law, when her her mother passed away, she had a house like your mom, like where right. she grew up in and the mother lived there until her death. And so it took her months. I'm sure. To go through it all. Yeah. But for some reason I'm like, that to me just seems better than not, you know, like it just. Yeah. Well, I, I think, know. You, I think you somebody, also, but you live right next life... door, right? You live next door oh. to her. Don't you think, yeah. you know, like, I think that's the other like she didn't live in the same house anymore. So I like, would she have kept a catalog of everything? Probably not. I mean, I'm sure there was nostalgic stuff there, but like, if there's anything, you know, there was a lot of new stuff and she was like, I don't, I don't have any attachment to this. Yeah. Well, when I die, I want my kids to have to take months to get rid of me. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I Maybe I should have put that in the will. You must not purge all of my items now I want it to take. I want them to be like, God damn! There's another Eve off of this attic. Yeah, and it's full of crap. I'm gonna be like, Yup, those are my crystals. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, right, right, right. I mean, I still have the Barbie Dream House. I kept saying I was gonna get rid of it, and I still have it. And, and now that my kids are older, I'm like, Well, you're gonna have kids one day, so this, you know, you're gonna have to have a child who's interested in playing with it because I want to get rid of it. <laughs> And they'll be like, this is so old, mom. Nobody cares. This nobody. No, it's all virtual. We don't need to put real dolls in real houses. <laughs> that Barbie dream house is the best one. The best one. The old triangle one. Yep. 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 I had that too. So good. So good. <laughs> so, um, I, so I, I was going to bring up something about, uh, cooking. Cause I, you know, we've talked about in the past that, uh, we, you know, during the winter, we cook a little bit more. So I, I'm desperately looking for like lots of different um, recipes, quick things, you know, like I'm the sucker for the 15 minute dinner meal because of my kids. And so we found, or I found this website called the lazy dish. Okay. Now it is not, I mean, I found probably about five good recipes that I could repeat. And one in particular, we've repeated now four times in two weeks. Um, so it works. So I want to give them a shout out. Um, I don't know how often, I don't know if they like update this website often or not. I just happened to find out I was looking for ideas. And so we make this, um, one of the recipes that we make repeatedly is this chicken Parmesan sliders. So it's like you mm-hmm. use like a chicken nugget and you use the little, the little um, buttons and it's super easy because the chicken nuggets don't take long to cook. And then, you you know, you heat up the whole thing together and it's simple and you put cheese on it and it's great. It's easy, you know. Little right. Everyone time. likes it. Yeah. No, no problem. Yeah. Now, now that we've been doing that, however, I don't know if you've noticed because I don't know if you buy chicken nuggets anymore. Um, there's a chicken nugget shortage. Really? I did not notice that, but I could tell you there's a hash brown, you know, like the patty hash browns. Yeah. There's a national hash brown shortage because my son loves to have those in the morning on his way out the door Mm. and they're very hard to find so I'm not surprised yeah and it just literally happened over again as we discover this recipe I was like oh I'm gonna buy a couple bags and then I go back the next week and I'm like there are no bags and then I look the next week and there are no bags (laughs) yeah um, it's happening with more and more things and I generally do um you know, like grocery pickup. So I don't even go in. I just yeah. order it because there's a place that does it around here for no extra charge. So I'm like, well, don't threaten me with a good time. Like, great. <laughs> and so, you know, every, they just put everything in the back of the car. But I had to run into Stop and Shop and I could not, like there were literally empty shelves, which I know people have been talking about for 
a year now, but I just don't go into grocery stores. So I hadn't experienced it. Mm. But I was like, I had run in for, we needed spinach, garlic bread, and milk. And I couldn't get any of those things. Wow. Like the frozen garlic, the frozen section was incredibly bleak. Mm. So chicken nuggets, hash browns, garlic bread. (laughs) Yeah. All of those things. I don't know why, but like sparse in the frozen food aisle. Produce was pretty sparse. And they only had skim milk, which none of us drink. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was eerie. I was like, this is real. Right. Well, it's real. And I think um, I've gone in a few times here and there and I've noticed that definitely the difference. And even when I do my delivery, because I try to do that more than than not, especially now. And, uh, you know, they, they're always saying substitute, substitute, you know, whatever. I have to come yeah. back up. And then they text me like, oh, this is not here. But I um, I recently went into Costco for the first time up here in since I moved. Um, and I don't go off. And I never went off. And I just get certain, pro- you know, bulk product stuff. Particularly it was always for the house in Vermont. But we liked their toilet paper and some other things. Um, yeah. But I, I went in recently and... They don't have shortages. Everything's there. Okay. Yeah. So they have every, there's everything, whatever they're doing is still working. So, you know, even though they were rationing their toilet paper at one point, I don't think they're doing it anymore. There was, there was plenty of spinach and fruits and vegetables and everything else you could possibly want. Um, Fresh meats, everything. I, I, there was no empty, nothing. I I was like, wow. Oh, I'm like, I have to remember this. You know, I hadn't really thought that maybe I should go back to that route. Right. Yeah. I have to think because I was, um, I don't go to Costco often either, but I do go. I bought a, I was there probably like a month ago, not for food shopping, but I did pick up a few things. I got a, um, one of those robot vacuums. Mm. I love it. Oh, you're, I, I, I know someone else who loves theirs too. So really, you do. I really do. I love it. It, um, so I never got one before because I don't know, number one, I was like, that's useless. I can just vacuum. Mm. And two, because we have such an old house, literally every room is on a different level. Like yeah, there is say, a step, how does that work? <laughs> there's a step in between every, mm-hmm. but so I have it just in the kitchen, laundry room and bathroom because those are the rooms that are get the most use anyway like the downstairs you know that whole downstairs area where my kitchen is Mm. so that's where everyone comes in and out of the house right my husband wears his work boots in and out of the house he does not take them off because it takes him 20 minutes to get in and out of them so you know like our floors just get disgusting Mm -hmm. and I love that thing it's there's a program on my phone and so you put up you can teach it where to go it comes with these like strips that teach it boundaries so I just put a strip over the by where the step down into the living room is so it just doesn't go over that you know it doesn't go there and it learns the kitchen and the bathroom and I have an app on my phone so I can literally like I'll be at my desk in my office and been like oh we should do the kitchen floors and I hit like clean and by the time I get back into the kitchen the floors are clean it's wonderful I love it it scares the cats it's oh, wow. so cool. The cats are totally afraid of it. And uh, and apparently you can like teach it other rooms. So I guess eventually I could like take it into the living room, like take it down the step for it. And then it would do the living room. But I don't really care about the living. You know, it doesn't get that dirty in here. But um, yeah, I would highly recommend them. They're cool. Yeah, it definitely works. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, we've thought about that a lot because of the dog and, you know, um, even with the cleaning, you know, we still need it, you know, on the daily basis. Yeah. Same I feel thing. like my kitchen really needs to be like swept or vacuumed almost every day. Yeah. No, yeah. Same. Same. And uh, yeah, it just, it does it and it's quiet. It doesn't make a lot of noise. Does it go, does your, cause I think I heard, maybe I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I should just research it, but um, can it go from a hardwood to a carpet and be okay yep. or okay. Oh, yeah, even so I don't have wall to wall or anything. I just have like throw rugs. Yeah. It goes right over the throw rug and, and like figures it out. Not a problem. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, probably. I mean, what's uh, a couple more months. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's just like one less thing. It You know, it, it doesn't take long. I'm going to say it takes like 20 minutes to do the kitchen, the, the laundry room, the mudroom and the bathroom. 
downstairs, mm-hmm. maybe 20, 25 minutes, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then it puts itself to bed and it's Love great. It. It's That's great. amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Um, so I got it at Costco. It's a oh, shark. Nice. All right. Roomba. I'll have to, um, next time I'm on Costco, maybe we'll just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, I think worth it. I would recommend. Very nice. I, um, so when I was up in, in Vermont, I, 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 well, the weather, so we were in winter, right? This is, this is real now. The temperature is definitely, um, I mean, cold and I would, we were up there. Yeah. Um, we, we went to get, um, a supply of wood, um, cause you can go and load up your car and it's, it's great. And, um, but you have to load it yourself. So we did it in negative 25 degree weather. Oh, oh, it was super oh. cold, super, super. I mean, I think it maybe dropped to 18 while we were there and we were in this little room and, uh, it was just, uh, it was super, super cold. It was early, but, um, and then we shoveled the deck with, had like a foot of snow on it. And like afterwards, Keith and I, like, I was so exhausted. Like the, the rest of the day, we were so tired and we, we took care of ourselves afterwards, hot tubbing and sauna and whatever, and, you know, had a couple of beers and stuff like that, but it was, um, a lot of work. And so the next morning I was going to go cross country and I decided, at first I was like, I'm too tired. Like my arms hurt, my shoulders hurt. Like I can't. And then I was like, no, this is like the, so I know for sure this is one of the things that brings me joy. So, um, so we did it and he, my husband, Keith went with me, but he went snowshoeing because he doesn't have the skis yet. But, um, Heidi, I just, I wish I was better at it. Uh, I'm happy where, with where I'm at. Cause I I just, you know, maybe when I live, they'll get better and, and be able to go more often, but it is the most peaceful, Oh, I love that. Like your whole body moves and it feels good. And, you know, you do yeah. these like when you're gliding and you're just like, Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and it feels, I love it. And like, you know, I, at certain times, like Keith was not next to me because, you know, it's not, a, he was working, walking in the woods essentially and like off the trail to not ruin. Cause I was like, don't muck up the trail. Cause it was groomed recently and it was beautiful. And that's exactly, it's like perfect conditions for us cross country. And I, I just loved it. So there was a couple of times where I just went ahead and I just, I'm gliding and I, I was oh, like, this so is, nice. it's, it was so, so nice. But as I said to you offline, off the camera, whatever, off our recording, I need moisture plugs for my nose. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm I so moisture, I need moisture plugs for everything. Yes. Oh. Like this whole weekend, we I was so I'm like, first of all, I need the humidifiers that we've talked about, but like I, I yeah, I'm cracking everywhere. Everywhere. And- everywhere. When I smile, my lips crack. But I find the nose to be the worst. Dry. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, everything is like cracked and bloody and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so dry. And we heat with wood. So, you know, the air in the house, even though I have like always pots of water on the wood stove and humidifiers going, I mean, the house is just dry. My skin feels like I'm 90 years old. <laughs> it's awful. And then, and then my cheeks are so, cause I do the bike riding so much. Like I'm sure with the, the, you know, the, um, what do you do cross country? Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's much the same where like your cheeks are exposed. Yeah the wind and it's freezing i mean it's, it was like eight degrees when i went biking the other day so all like you know all those little capillaries in your cheeks break and yeah. are red yeah so that's a cute look so then they're like dry and flushed i always look like i'm have just had a glass of red wine even at like you know the monday morning zoom meeting yeah yeah i wore my it's mask. so bad I and the only mask. way to kind of prevent it is they say like we'll put vaseline on your cheeks But I typically go bike riding in the middle of the day. So then for afternoon meetings, I'm not only red, but also oddly shiny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have rosacea, so I have to be careful about that. Because once I, once I have a breakout like that, like, and I'll be red for a while, like weeks, like it won't go away. So I, I actually wore my face mask. Um, And once I got hot enough, like I took it down and took breaks, whatever, but I have to protect my face. I can't it's it's bad even on like my olive skin color or whatever it it shows up pretty badly when I get a case of rosacea so I'm 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 always very worried about it but yeah I've done the I've done the uh what's the other not Vaseline but there's another one that's really there's like Nivea and another brand you yes something yeah that way it's like that yep you know it's like super thick yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we used to put when um, my son had a really bad case of um, uh, cracked lips for a while. We used nipple cream. It worked. It worked. Yeah. And I try not to tell him it was nipple cream, but sorry. <laughs> He figured it out one day and I looked at it and he's like, what is it? I'm like, nipple cream, but it works. Nipple cream. Yeah, <laughs> definitely works. I've heard other people using that on their lips, like, because it really works well. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I figured if, if, you know, a bunch of breastfeeding moms can't lie, if it's True. working for them. It's that's like- serious when mm-hmm. your nipples are cracked. That yeah. is some serious pain, pain, <laughs> pain. There's no other word for it. It's just no, it's like almost excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is as bad as uh, it's close to childbirth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Now I'm having coughing a fit. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> All right. Well, it's from the dry air. It goes it, with the conversation. It, <laughs> it is. I'm definitely feeling dry. Well, I spend so much time like coughing, sneezing. I just, everything is dry and not working right. And, uh, yeah. So I'm pretty much, always, I'm like, I'm sure this is this COVID. I don't know. I've been sneezing since April, like since August, I've been sneezing. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Well, I know. I, I didn't say it was. It sucks. <laughs> And just because, well, I don't even know. You have sinus issues and other things. So maybe it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Allergies. I don't know. We've finally messed up the air so much that we're all just allergic to it all the time now. I don't know. Yeah. But I find I'm, I sneeze all winter now. It used to just be like spring and fall, but now it's pretty much year round. Good time. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's because from your mask and it's just going right. (laughs) If I left the house and wore a mask, yeah, right, right, that right. Would, But since I never leave the house, does it really? Uh... <laughs> I do see people. I wonder if people, because there's people at the lake where I go ride my bike that are wearing masks. Like they'll be walking alone wearing a mask on like a day when it's 17 degrees out and it's like just me and them there, and we're a mile away from each other. Mm. And I always wonder, like, and I know I don't try to judge because I had someone you know I used to be on the bandwagon of like you'd see somebody wearing a mask alone in their car and I'd be (laughs) like what are you what are you doing but then I talked to one of the people who called our helpline his wife was having chemo and Uh, so he did wear a mask alone in the car because if she was going to be in the car at some point like if he was going to pick her up you know, he was like, he just wore, and then I felt really bad for all the people I had made fun of. Cause I was like, well, you don't know their situation. Maybe their wife is having chemo and they're, you know, they Maybe just they don't, don't want to get their, so I felt very bad. <laughs> yeah. I felt so bad. Yeah. But maybe they have no heat in the car and this is maybe they to... have no heat in the car. Oh, and that's, so that's what I'm thinking. Maybe these people at the lake who are wearing the mask are just doing it for warmth. Yeah. Cause it's definitely warm. Oh. I mean, mask. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should start doing that. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, you know, go ask what your uh, biking cyclist friends, I don't know. Actually, Jim Gaffigan has a really good uh, joke. Of, I mean, it's not, it's an old, I think it's an old joke, but it's just, he talks about the whole, like, we call bikers who, who don't uh, sit on a bike, you know, bikers. And then we call cyclists, like they should be motorcyclists. Like, you know what I mean? Like the names are switched and he's just like, I don't get it. And he just yeah, that's complained. true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I'm now looking at lighter bikes. You know how I wanted like the big beach cruiser because it's yeah. comfy. And I yeah. I still do love it. But I do understand now the feel Speed. of a lighter bike. Yeah. Mm. So oh. I've been looking at road bikes. So I've decided I have to go a thousand miles on my current bike if it makes it to a thousand, you know. But yeah. uh, at a thousand miles, then I'm going to upgrade to something else i don't know that's what a yet. Good goal. that's a good goal yeah. yeah that's a very good goal well i'm sure you'll do it and i'll be excited to hear what you choose and how you go about your investigation definitely for <laughs> <Finding a new laughs> <bike laughs> the same bike forever i don't think it's it's heavy i don't know <laughs> technology there's such there's bikes that are so light and i'm like oh that must be because you know like you're still whatever you're moving around you're moving around yourself 
plus the weight of your bike. And my bike weighs like 42 pounds. It's like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, I know that there's like aluminum or something, right? Isn't there like a certain type that's Yeah. Like there's super... all kinds of, um, you know, people who are really into cycling, their bikes are like super light, like yeah. really light. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I never understood. You'll have to explain to me at some point if you know, even if you know, like don't some of them cover their spikes, spokes, whatever in their wheel, like doesn't that do something? And I don't know what it's. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that people do with these bikes, different kinds of tires. And yeah, we used to put yeah. cards like playing cards in our bike spokes. Oh, we used to do that too. <laughs> so it made that noise. You should do it again. <laughs> or those little beads. Yes. Right. Like they were like little beads that clipped onto the spokes mm-hmm. of the bike and then they would like move around and make that noise as you, Oh, yeah. I want those. I'm sure <laughs> they sell I them. Get them. eBay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go to Etsy if you want for like the upgraded version. Right. Right. The bespoke mm-hmm. version. <laughs> sell my name or something. Yes. Or it'll play a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, all right. Well, this was good. Uh, this was good. Just what I needed. <laughs> totally. It was good talking to you. Yep. Until next week. See ya. Bye.